This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? Today we want to talk about crappy websites or maybe websites that can be better, that are less than perfect, so to speak. Sometimes, you know, I see websites and um, it's the usability. It's horrible. They're horrible to use on the web. Um, it's not set up correctly. It's not the best practices aren't followed. And sometimes it's the copy. The copy is crap from typos to the wrong words to superlatives. I think you guys all know my opinion about when it comes to superlatives, right? This is the best podcast ever. This is the best haircut ever. This is whatever. I'm the industry leading podcaster, according to my marketing team, right? So what kind of language should we actually use on the website? What kind of language works? What makes sense? So I asked to come on the show, Todd Jones. He's a, he's a strategic storytelling expert for companies that have the disease of message confusion. Let's find out what Todd has to say about that topic. Todd, welcome to the show. Give me a fist bump here. <laughs> That's how we do it today. Did I do it right? <laughs> that I, there's no right or wrong how you fist bump. That's you know as long as you don't smack the camera, uh, we're good to go. Hey, so tell me about um, when it comes to websites. Is that just my perception that there's just a lot of crappy, crappy, less than perfect websites out there when it comes to copy? Yeah, I'd say even the best ones have problems, right? So because nothing's perfect. Um, but yeah, I think there are uh, a lot of room for improvement. And, um, you know, we're talking about copywriting, but you mentioned a lot of things that, that also go into that with uh, usability, accessibility, uh, which is another issue. Um, and, and, you know, just the uh, copywriters are more than just word writers. So we, uh, we'll look at, um, you know, the entire website and, um, we can really dissect different parts of the website. And actually my background before I ever started writing website copy was building websites. So I know a little bit about that as well. And um, so definitely a lot of companies could, I think the biggest problem with copy for websites is the lack of clarity and probably comes back to the company not being clear themselves about who they are and what they do. (laughs) Well, <laughs> yeah. well, first of all, you do have to be clear yourself, right? When, yeah. um, um, what, what you're going to talk about, what's unique about your company, um, and we can dive in, we can dig into that a little deeper. But, but how about the whole process? Like, how do you come up with clear copy? And I'm just thinking about, um, you know, crappy workflows. I mean, this is a record-breaking show today. The amount of times I've mentioned crappy, but you know. <laughs> There's so many out there, like so many workflows where people go to content creators and say, I need a piece of content. 
Like, what does that mean, right? I need some copy for the website. And somebody else already built the website. Nobody talked to you about what's the plan, right? Don't get me started on lorem ipsum, you know, like that shouldn't be a placeholder. You should talk about that. So how do companies even start getting better copy, better content on their website? That makes sense to the the end user. Well, if you're a company and you're having a website built right now, like if that's in the next six, three, six months, and you're going to engage a web developer or a company like that, bring up copy from the very beginning. They will tell you whether they can do that or not. In most cases, they can't. But in some cases, they'll have a copywriter on team or they'll work with a copywriter. Um, But I like to say that copywriting really has three parts to it that are almost equal, really. You have um, the research, the strategy, and the writing. And the writing is more than just writing. There's also editing. You need copy editing as well as just making sure that it's grammarly uh, grammarly that app has become a, a verb in our vernacular but uh, a grant your grammar is correct you're, you've uh, spelled all your words correctly uh, those kinds of things and those are easy to those particular things are easy to slip through the cracks if you're not I think whatever you do have a, an extra set of eyes because we see what you know what we're wanting to see what we need to see. And we missed those little, you know, misspelled something by one letter or whatever, or we mean to say one word, we say the same, we say a word, but we meant the other variation of the word, uh, like two, two, and two, those kinds of things. And so an editor and a copy editor uh, can help with that. A copy editor, their goal is to help you be clear, concise, and compelling. Uh, So they will streamline that. Um, You may need a brief. Some copywriters will request a brief if you're working with a copywriter. They want to know important, crucial details like who is your target audience? Um, What are the problems you're solving for that target audience? Um, What are the features of your product or service? And what are the benefits of those uh, features? And, um, you know, some of those types of things, which are crucial, I call it your messaging compass. Um, it's, it is like a compass for writing the copy for the website. Uh, I do like to say that on your website, you tell two stories. The first story is your customer story. So what is that customer journey? What does that story look like? Um, what are the features and benefits? You know, what, what, sold them on your product or service the other story is your your own uh, your own story and those stories have to uh connect because the, the your story has to be relevant to their story otherwise it's just a story it's irrelevant so it has to be strategic so those are some starting points i think um if you're if you're building a website now if you've already built the website uh you go back and engage a copywriter or uh you know we, we talk about market research as kind of a fancy name, but you really need to do the research uh, for the things I talked about for the messaging compass. You know, what are the features of our product or service? What are the benefits of those features? What is the emotional connection? Um, who is our target audience? You, ultimately, you're going to you're going to come up with a unique value proposition with it. There's like uh, I think I say four questions. Who am I? What do I do? Who do I do it for and how do I do it differently? If you can answer those four questions, you can begin to put together your uh, unique value proposition. 
I think especially the how do I do it differently question is very difficult because there's so much crossover and and everybody kind of does similar right um, when you look mm-hmm. at marketers and sellers out there and, and the storytellers and it's everybody kind of mm-hmm. does similar things but slightly mm-hmm. slightly different what I found interesting Todd you talked about three things uh, when to get started um, only one in, included writing part mm-hmm. and I think people mm-hmm. get about that how writing is certainly part of it because otherwise you're not going to have any copy, but mm-hmm. you need to think about what you're going to do, why you're going to do it. Um, so you talked about research and strategy. Talk about research. How do we figure out what uh, what we should be doing? And of course, you know, I'd be remiss to not mention voxpopme.com. Check them out, uh, director of content strategy there, uh, a SaaS platform for you to do asynchronous surveys with your customers so they can answer your questions on their own time uh through video feedback check that out boxpopme.com is that the kind of research you were talking about or did you you have something else in mind yeah i think that's part of it um and and it may be that you're the, the best way to find out those questions about um what are your you you should know what your features the features of your product or services. And I've looked for a definition for this and I have struggled to find that. But when you think about a product, you, you think about software, okay. Um, software is a service. They often talk about here are our features, you know, um, you can, you have a dashboard and you can view this and, you know, those are features, but what does that mean? How does it connect? That that's something that you should, that's probably an internal research uh, situation there. Um, but really, you know, we, in the copywriting world, we talk about voice of customer research. It's a fancy word for knowing what your customer says about you. And the best way to do that is surveys, uh, in, interviews. Um, so I have a friend named uh, Adrian Barnes who's really good at doing the survey. And then she she really has informed a lot of what I do. She talks about it from the jobs to be done framework. I like to talk about what is the story? What did it take for your customer to get to where they bought bought your product or service? What was going on before? You know, there's a story there. Uh, you, you know, find out what that story is. What what was it like when they decided to choose you? Uh, what is it like when they worked with you? And after, what is it like? What is that story? And you can really do that do it with interviews and surveys. You can also do... Uh, what we like to call data mining. If, if you've got good enough reviews and reviews are not always reviews and testimonials are not always that great, really. They, they tend to be the superlatives, right? You know, uh, you know, Scott was great and Scott did this and what, I mean, it's just not really always good, but sometimes if they have good reviews, you can uh, mine through that and, and pick out the things that, that obviously connected uh, with the customer. So uh, that is definitely one aspect of the research I would do. You, you have to research what uh, the customer says about you, uh, what their story was. I think another aspect of research is researching internally. You know, what are those things you talked about uh, how we do it differently? That is a huge thing. Uh, that can be your, your, um, positioning as a company. So uh, being coming from the web development, web design community, there's hundreds of hundreds of them out there. And I, I tell them all the time, how do they choose you between, you know, how do they choose you over the next person? What is the difference? You guys all look the same. Um, 
So one of the ways you can do that is by your process. Um, it, you know, you have a process, maybe you branded the process, maybe your differentiation or what you do it different. You do differently is how you approach what you do. Uh, those are some things that's kind of like internal research. You know, this is, um, this is how we are different. And um, so uh, that would be kind of, it's, it's really kind of an, it can be in depth really. Um, if you talk about doing both internal and ex external research. I do personally think uh, research is so important uh, because otherwise, how do you know what people even think or how they feel about yeah. your brain and, and even the problem you're trying to solve? I mean, I've done that a number of times in my career. And, you know, sometimes you just it's it's as simple as changing the, the wording. I mean, I'll give you an example. I had uh, the authentic storytelling project, which in theory makes a lot of sense, but that's not really what anybody calls it. That's not really what anybody uses. And so it was time to change that at some point. Uh, and, you know, if I would have done research before I started it, maybe I, I wouldn't have even gone down that road or, you know, maybe I was so far ahead that it was still a good experience. It was still a good learning experience, but certainly that could have helped. Now you have, there's different types of copy on the website though, right? Because you have copy for different parts of the funnel. So if, for example, if a blog post, I mean, I'm not necessarily trying to convert you, even though if you want to convert, fine, I'm happy to push you down the funnel. But uh, at the end of the day, right, that's very different copy. That's SEO more than, you know, trying to explain. So so how do you kind of explain the features and benefits of somebody who's actively looking for your product? How do you kind of wrangle the different types of content that a website has and for the different uh, the different pieces of the customer journey? Well, um, <laughs> uh, you know, me personally, I'm going to start with the, the artery, what I call the artery pages, the home, the about, and the service product pages. Those are the things that, and then, yes, you have different parts of the funnel, if you will. And um, content marketing is in itself, a, you know, <laughs> its own industry. And and actually, SMRS just came out with a fantastic, like, top 100 content marketers a lot of good people. Some of them are actually copywriters, just like plain copywriters on there, uh, conversion copywriters. But um, I think that um, doing content uh, in in the blog article realm, there are different like objectives for it. Um, you certainly have the ones that the objective is SEO, get traction for a certain keyword phrase that you're trying to, like business storytelling. You, you would you would want to be doing that. Um, so, you know, you would create content around that. I think also, um, what a lot of people don't do in, in the B2B space sometimes, or maybe they do it too much, but is, um, what is the culture of the company? You know, if you have a bigger company, um, you're trying to connect, I think you want to try to connect with your, your, uh, audience, uh, the people who, uh, who are your, um, customers. And you want to try to connect with them a little bit. I, I'm not saying like overdo it, but certainly you can do articles that kind of support the culture or support the values that your company has. Um, that's one thing you can do. And then I think a big and often overlooked thing in the, in the content space um, is case studies. Um, actually, I refer to them as customer success stories. I think that is a huge gap that a lot of B2B companies have. Um, and if they do make them, it's very data-driven and boring. 
So I prefer the customer success story. Um, tell that story. There's going to be numbers in there, but the ideal is to show a before, during, and after. You're, you're making a progression. You're showing how their customer's life changed or how their business changed because they worked with you, worked with your product. And that can be a blog post, actually. And I've even seen some people, some companies, uh, turn that over to guest posts with somebody who used their product and how the, this big, long, detailed post about you know what they did, some campaign they did, and they used the product and the results they had. Uh, case studies are just very interesting, can be very interesting pieces of content that um, you can utilize. And you you have it, you can have it for the blog post. You can also have it for just like um, evergreen content that you put on your website. So I, I think, um, and I'm a, a proponent these days of more medium and bottom funnel content uh, in the article. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think that, the, you know, I've said this before to some of my friends, um, top funnel content, I'm not sure, somebody may vehemently disagree with me, but I don't know that there's anything else to write, right? Um, I mean, you take a keyword phrase like storytelling or storytelling a business or whatever, that's been written and dissected a hundred times, thousand times at, at the top of the funnel, right? You can do all that. and But if you're trying to get people into your funnel, right, to get emails, or if you're a company that does demos or sales calls, um, might as well do middle and bottom funnel content and bring them into that funnel. And, and yeah, I think conversion is a good thing. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. what you want to do for every piece of content, but for the majority of it, I think conversion is a big, a big factor for blog content. I mean, absolutely. So I, I do think I, I disagree with um, there's nothing to left right to write about on the top of the funnel. I think the problem is for many companies is that they don't think about the unique angles, right? There is no, like you're correct. I mean, do we need one more article about what is storytelling? No. But do we need an article on how do you tell how do you tell business stories if you only have an iPhone? Mm-hmm. Or how do you tell stories if your device runs out of power? I mean, it has to be a totally dumb topic, right? Yeah. But like all these things, I mean, you have to really drill down. It can't be so high level. It can't be, yeah. um, you know, or people, everybody has in their articles, what's the definition of blue, right? Like, so they think mm-hmm. they're going to rank for the definition mm-hmm. of blue, which, you know, whatever. You got to dive a little deeper. Hey, you're thinking like a journalist, How do you make that work? So talk about where to start. You mentioned the website, does the, the homepage. Does the home st- homepage still matter? Yeah, I think so. I think um, every, you know, d- different businesses have different purposes for the homepage. And um, so, I you know, we have three or four kinds. We have the e-commerce homepage, which is uniquely designed and developed for e-commerce sites. And that's different than, you know, your regular B2B or SaaS company, which, is kind of have has its own. You have the newsy type homepage, which, you know, I saw a thread on Twitter about Pew Research and how they um, created their homepage, which is full of news articles. 
And then you have what I call the story homepage, which a lot of solo brands will do because story is central to their business. So uh, I do think homepage is important. You know, the homepage is, it's like a foyer in the house. I heard somebody describe it one time, <clears throat> you know, people are coming in, you want to welcome them. And then you want to give them an opportunity to know where they need to go. So do they need to see the services? Do they need to see the pricing page? Do they need to go look at the blog? You want to make that stuff pretty clear. Um, and you also want at the top of that to have your most clear benefit statement, one line, you know, value proposition, whatever word you want to use for that, um, you know, and you want that there. Uh, and I like to say, you, you know, you might consider starting with the about page because everything, at least the way I do it, everything you do for the homepage, you do for the about page. Plus you do that little self company introspection that you have to do for an about page. Those two pages are crucial. And I know a lot of people dismiss the about page. Uh, I love about pages, but I thought about this a while back. Um, SEO has the schema uh, tags, which, a lot of people use there. There is one for an about page. It, that'll tell you how important at least Google thinks um, about pages are. But usually if you look at your analytics, you'll see that the about page is probably the second most visited page. Uh, so, yeah, the home and about pages are obviously very, very crucial. They're still important, uh, even if some people think they're not. I think it always depends on on what model you're running, right? Like what your company is. And mm -hmm. I, I, like on my blog, ChristophTrap.com, there isn't really a product page of anything, right? I mean, you mm -hmm. really, there's not much you can really hire me for um, at, at this stage, you know? So my articles get by far the most traffic and nobody mm -hmm. really goes to the homepage to skim the articles. I mean, some people do that, but not really. But again, it's not, I'm not offering a service. I'm not selling a product. I'm not doing anything like that. You know, I'm really just sharing content on there and building that up for the time being. So uh, so it always depends. Uh, we got about four minutes left here. Tell us about you created a framework to, 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 to get copy on your website. How does that work? How do people work with you? How do they uh, use that framework and, and how do they get it? Uh, well, um, I, I think you have the uh, link, but copyflat.com slash WCF, which stands for website copy framework is kind of the uh, landing page for that. And, and it is sold on Gumroad. Um, it's a series of checklists or, or worksheets, I should say, uh, which allow, which allows people to kind of sit down and think about things. Uh, they're probably, they may still need to do some research, like when it comes to benefits and features you might want to talk to your customers and that kind of thing uh, but you're it's a place to document all that and either you can take that once you've documented it all and it's like a repository of, of micro copy right of all this stuff that that you you need to have because you we don't what we find is that when people try to do uh, write their own website copy they tend to just open up you know google documents or a word or whatever. And then they stare at a blank page. They don't know what to do. So it's like building blocks. And I think a famous copywriter said that copywriting is uh, assembly, not writing or something like that. And um, it really is assembly. You're, I like to look at uh, Lego blocks, right? You're building your Lego blocks and you're going to build your house from that. So that's what the website copy framework does. It helps you build the Lego blocks that you can then take and turn into website copy. Uh, and I do offer a, a, a 
a simple framework, which is based on some very classic um, copywriting formulas. And um, so you can either take that to a writer and have them to write it for you. You can put it in the hands of somebody in-house if you've got a writer, a good writer in-house. Um, but it, it's just kind of like a self-reflective time, right? Or company reflective, you know, who 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 is our target customer? You know, what do we solve for them? Um, what are their problems? You know, those kinds of things. And you, you get to document that in the, the, uh, uh, the worksheets and pull them all together and you can write your. And, you know, I, I'm always a big fan of um, checklists and, and those kind of things. And, and many of the checklists I use, they're in my head, right? I mm-hmm. mean, I, I like when we go live, I got like this checklist I'm going through and mm-hmm. um, like I got to do this. Okay, that's I'm checking. But I've done it enough times now, right? I mean, 510 episodes or whatever it's been where um, sometimes I forget things. You know, I forget to tell the guest that we fist bump when we come on air. So I send them a message when the opening runs and whatever. Um, But why is this deeper or why do we need a checklist that's written down? Is it just because of the complexity or because we don't do it every day? Uh, Why is that necessary? You know, that, that last phrase might be it. We don't do it every day. And basically what I did was I took my process and kind of productized it and put it in, uh, worksheets. And I originally, my thinking was, you know, some of my website developer friends, you know, they, they have a client that needs to get a website launched. They need to get it launched themselves, uh, because a lot of times their last payment is dependent on it and their client is dragging their feet because they don't know how to write the website copy and they can take this and either walk through it with them uh, or they can just hand it off. And, you know, one, one of my uh, friends in the web developer world said that uh, one of her clients said, I didn't know what to do, but now I can do this, you know, just because he handed them the website copy framework. It just gives them a roadmap. And yeah, if somebody doesn't do this regularly, you know, if they don't do it a hundred times, you know, what, what do you have like 500 episodes for this thing? You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you, <laughs> you, you know what to do, but about a new podcaster getting in and I have a podcast, I have several podcaster friends, but I know one who's actually put out a checklist for new podcasters yep. because, you know, we, and I'm a new podcaster basically. And yeah, I'm starting to get my routine down and that kind of thing. But you take an expert podcaster and they give out a little checklist, even if it's a freebie or even if they just charge for it, it's a, it's big help for someone who's brand new. And I think it's the same situation with this. Yep. Fantastic. Check out the checklist, copyflight.co, I believe, right? Com. Com. Uh, com. And uh, Todd, thanks for joining me today. And thanks for sharing your insights. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.